Number One Show, giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, check out JasonQuallsCFP.com. If you want to jump in, be a part of the show, click email the show at FinancialCoachingRadio.com. The social media links are there as well. On today's show, we'll be talking estate planning, wills, trust, powers of attorney, and all that good stuff that goes along with it. Joining in is John Baker, estate planning attorney, BakerCouncil.com is his website. Welcome back to the show, John. Hey, great to be here, Jason. The first thing I want to discuss today is uh, how do you prepare properly uh, just with your documentation, with your organization uh, for your your passing obviously we're all going to die to make it easier on our beneficiaries i've seen a lot of people in this year particularly they're struggling to figure out where stuff is what do they have do they have a life insurance policy here do they have an annuity do they have a bank account what are some of the tips we can give the listeners to better prepare while they're alive so that their beneficiaries aren't struggling so much with figuring out what is what yeah that's 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 that seems to be a a, a common problem and really it's just it's just organization you know it's nothing magic just organized where you know you're, you're the people that need to know can find it quickly and uh and, and know what you know so they can determine what they need to do and of course in this age of you know electronic documents and and online accounts you know pro, you know having uh, an ability to access those if if needed also and uh you know sometimes that can be the quickest way to get to the information because i think you know as i'm sure most of us have experienced trying to talk to a a, a, someone on the phone uh or in person you know just seems to be getting harder and harder everything is moving electronically and i know not everyone uses you know electronic communications or electronic financial records and things like that but but uh, if you have those, uh, you know, making sure that, you know, your loved one or, you know, whoever's going to be responsible, you know, can get access to that information. So is it just put together like a master list? This is all of my bank accounts. This is all of my life insurance policies. How do you make it simple? Yeah. Because just a, a, good, a good inventory, really, yeah. So like an inventory numbers, list of everything that you have. Uh, financial advisors, uh, if they have an attorney, you know, the name of their attorney. Uh, who did their estate planning you know just just yeah it's just it's nothing really magic just just some basic things like that would really help a lot uh, and uh, you know and the I, more you have the more applicable this this is yes you know I and, and I also find it an issue when not necessarily that someone has died but when we're trying to do you know long-term care planning for someone that's going in the nursing home um, of course, oftentimes the you know it's it's a parent that's going in, and the children are trying to figure out what all their parent has, and 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 it can be quite difficult. So they, same scenario, it's just same the person scenario. hasn't passed. That's right. Yes, it is. And they struggle to find out where everything is. That's right. Because typically, parents aren't really just in my experience. Parents don't disclose all that information to their children. While right, alive. and maybe when someone passes, you're not quite in as much of a time crunch but you know when someone's going into the nursing home and you're looking at applying for medicaid to pay for the costs you're in a time crunch and 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 it's can be very stressful trying to get all those items together we're talking estate planning with john baker estate planning attorney right here on financial coaching radio so someone who has an inventory list 
or doesn't rather and someone passes away or you just need to find it even though they're going to turn nursing home you're making phone calls that seems like that that is not a real efficient way because maybe they don't want to talk to you because you don't have the right paperwork or what what are some of the obstacles people are running into to figure out what is what uh, who owns what where the accounts are yeah well that well that's certainly what you're going to run into uh you know with the financial institution a bank a brokerage uh because you know if you're not on the account or they don't have your power of attorney on file you know they really you know by law they can't really talk to you so you know that can slow things down uh you know and so uh you know it's just you know health health care providers kind of similar situation if it's a medicaid situation and uh you know do we have a power of attorney on file or do we have a power of attorney uh you know without that that can slow down you know the, so uh, is that ability. the step to take to have you know if you're the power of attorney and that's why you're reaching out to an institution to find out about a bank account and insurance policy or whatever is that you have that power of attorney handy send it to them so they can speak that's to you. right you don't do this ahead of time i take it you just do well, it when it's you, needed. you know actually uh well with financial companies uh in, in banks even uh, a lot of times you can you can go ahead and you know you've got your power of attorney um you, you know your attorney's prepared and you have it in your files you can a lot of times give a copy to your financial institution and and, and they will already have that on file and i think that's a a, a great thing to do uh, is how seamless does that work i could just you know so you call in like i don't know where is this information stored is it electronically yeah. stored they pull up your name and they see it yeah. or they go dig through a file cabinet somewhere no i think it, it i think they have it electronically stored and, and they can pull they can pull up the account and, and they can uh determine if someone has you know if they have if they have a power of attorney on file and who who the person is and that sort of thing so you know that you know that can be helpful you know just keep in mind now the power of attorney is is for while you're alive you know maybe you're ill maybe you're in a nursing home but you're oh, good living. Call. um the power of attorney ceases to to work once you pass away and when you pass away that's when your probate estate or if you had a trust that's when your trust new trustee is going to step in so if you had a will would the executor step in after the passing and take that, over for the power of attorney that's correct so yeah. will the bank then need a copy of the will that well they they won't necessarily need a copy of the will but they will need the the letters you get from the court when you open the probate estate with the court. saying that you're the guy you're the girl that's, right. that's in charge that's right so worth reiterating it so power of attorneys while someone's alive the executor or trustee is going to take over after someone passes that's correct what if someone's having a lot of flack getting through that is not able to you know maybe the, the they won't accept the document or maybe the document can't be found and what steps can be taken there yeah well you know that you know that you can really run in into a roadblock there if the if the company you know the bank brokerage whatever uh will not let's just say it's a power of attorney situation and they will not accept your power of attorney for whatever reason uh you know they, they don't like the power of attorney and, and they say they cannot give you access to the account with that power of attorney and they don't like it because it gives the other person the ability to basically be fraudulent right well it, yeah but but that but i it, it may be maybe it's 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 very old may maybe the primary agent is deceased uh maybe uh you know there's some term in it that causes an issue you know they it could be a multitude of things why they might 
uh, not want to honor the power of attorney. And, you know, if that happens, you know, a worst-case scenario is, you you know, you end up having to go to court to get authority Mm. to do things, and and that gets very expensive and time-consuming and stressful. Even if it's a valid legal document and they just don't like it? Well, you have to go to court and spend more money because of their well concern? if it's a valid legal document it should be under the law should should work but that doesn't mean you won't get pushback for some reason from a brokerage or maybe there's something in it that they think calls into question the validity or or, or maybe, and they're just trying to protect the the, yeah, not the client they're 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 looking at it from their perspective and in their risk and maybe you're wanting to do something and the power is not expressly laid out in the power of attorney. Um, what would be an example of that? Well, so I've had I've had the, the financial company call me and ask me, where is the power to deal with IRAs? I mean, they want to – it may have a broad term in like the power of attorney. or something? Yeah, vestments, all my accounts or something general like that. But sometimes they want that – they want to see that. Where does it say IRA in the power of attorney? And uh, now a, a lot of your power of attorneys will have that language in it, but but if it doesn't, you know, you might get pushback. And I assume the executor or trustee wouldn't get the same pushback in a deceased person's well, situation. Well, that's right, because they're they're acting under the authority of the court then, and you have the your official letters, and you give them a copy. So so they're, you're not going to have the same kind of pushback, you know, with, with with that situation. Are people concerned to go ahead and? let their financial institution know that they have named a power of attorney, send that document in just for the fear that they could be taken advantage of, you know, maybe a family member in this situation. But Right. Because basically a power of attorney in most instances, a durable power of attorney, goes ahead and gives full authority, right? Yeah, they're very broad, and, you know, they're, and, and they're very broad in estate planning because we don't know what it might be needed for. You know, we're, we're doing something proactive in advance. And we don't know what all types of transactions it might be needed for. So that's why sometimes you hear it called a general power of attorney because it broadly applies to 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 a multitude of things. And so uh, so so for estate planning, you know, they, they basically have to be written in such a manner. Uh, now you can put provisions in the powers of attorney to to try to put some. Uh, checks and balances you know to try to reduce the the chance of fraud but but you know the the number one thing is is naming an agent the person you're nominating to act for you that is trustworthy that that is credible you know that that that, that you know you're very confident in if, if it's not somebody like that you probably shouldn't be naming them in the first place you know, if your child has had three bankruptcies, they might not be the best agent <laughs> not, on your power not the of guy. attorney. You know. So, is there is it very common for a power of attorney to abuse authority? Is that something that you hear about a lot in your law practice, or is it? I, I, no, I wouldn't say a lot. It, it's but you know, there's a small percentage of cases where you're going to get some abuse. So keep a good inventory of all your assets, all your accounts, all your insurance policies. Make it easy for those who are going to inherit your property, and make sure you're getting everything set up properly so your financial institutions will actually speak with and deal with your named agent your named power of attorney john baker estate planning attorney is here bakercouncil.com i'm jason qualls certified financial planner and we're back right after this
Buying a house is stressful and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners. If you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonquallscfp.com or call 878-2134 today. This is Financial Coaching Radio right here on WGNS every Monday through Friday at 4 o'clock online anytime at financialcoachingradio.com. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, jasonquallscfp.com, J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S-C-F-P.com. Still in the house is John Baker here to talk estate planning. John, what's the latest on the estate tax laws are there any changes being talked about anything what is your envision i think you said before on the show you thought the exemption would be from what's 12 million basically per person now come down to about five million you still have that feel oh yeah i think it, at least uh i i would i would expect that that, that we're gonna at least get that and, and there may be other changes that you know can't really predict yet but uh the stepped up basis going away is that something they're really serious about well, I, I think too many I politicians mean, would be I mean, negatively it's, affected. That's an by issue. That. It's been thrown out there. You know, I really have no idea if, if that's something that'll be included, but but it's certainly, uh, you know, part of the conversation. You know, that's being discussed or, or putting caps on, on it. What a unique law! So, like yeah. I love it. Yeah, but it's kind of it's unique, right? It had to be politicians thought. You know, I don't want my beneficiaries to pay more tax because I leave it to them. Yeah, of course. The, is it, because it makes no sense. Now, if you buy a property for a thousand and it becomes worth a million, there's no really no logical reason that you would, when you pass it along to the next generation, that they can inherit and their cost basis now becomes a million and not it doesn't carry over to your thousand. Yeah, that's really bizarre. What is yeah. the you know the history of that law? I, you know, I really, I really don't know know the history, but the public policy issues are that you know capital gains tax rates which are lower than than earned income tax rates favor people that own property well the wealthy tend to own more property and more stocks and in long-term investments than than the less wealthy and so it, it's criticized because it, it, it's it's giving a, a tax break to the wealthy uh and it, it uh, benefits them you know much more well, yeah, certainly, the, the it does that, right? whoever owns the property class. is who it's going to benefit. That's right. But so, I think, but the thought is they're trying to encourage everyone to do it. And yeah. the argument against it is that, well, you know, you know, no one would invest in capital assets or want to right. transfer property if we raise tax rates. And I don't know if that's true. Uh, greed is always going to take yeah. over no matter what taxes I mean, are. I kind of <laughs> look at it as kind of like, uh, you know, maybe the, the argument for it is kind of like, the trickle down economics you know if you if you benefit the ones that run business and and have power um they'll be able they'll have more to invest and and that'll lead to jobs you know for others you know it's kind of that 
line of thought, I believe. Yeah, it's just I think this is if you're you're not you're struggling, you're you're making forty, fifty thousand dollars a year household, and and you know you're. I don't know if that that income probably wouldn't pay very much tax at all. But if you're paying, let's say, twelve percent of your income in tax, you're in whatever income level that would be, and then you have a very wealthy person that's not paying much more than that, you kind of get a little bit jealous, right? Yeah, the, the income mean, difference. It, you know, it's the fairness. It's not really a tax rate jealousy. It's more of like hey, they make more money and they they should really be paying more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, on the estate planning stuff, it's always so complicated. I actually was at. Yeah. A, a little bit of an art show went to see the picasso thing in nashville got invited there and i ran into a very successful business owner and he was basically panicking about the the estate tax exemption yeah and i think I, I, he didn't to say what his net worth was but i got the feeling it was somewhere around 10 million um so he's in panic mode thinking if they change the laws he's all of a sudden going to owe inheritance tax what is your thoughts on that? Because there's so many planning avenues with the inheritance tax, the estate tax. To me, I've always called it a voluntary tax. You pl- you pay it because you don't plan. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, it's certainly uh, something you can control. I mean, you know, you can give it all to charity and not pay anything. Uh, you know, so the uh, uh, yeah, I do. I, I I you know, there's a lot of conversation. You know, with the CPAs and the tax lawyers, um, financial planners right now about about you know what may happen and, and and how to plan so i think you're going again you know it, remember in 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 2018 we doubled our exemption amounts you know we basically went from 11 million to to 22 million for a married couple exemptions uh not adjusting for inflation so you know those are historically very high but those those exemption amounts are set to expire at the end of 2025 and come back down to what they were in 2017 so the uh which basically in other words that they doubled now they're going to be cut in half so that goes back to around six million per person somewhere and then the the other debate is are they going to come down even more under under the various tax proposals out there so and uh, I don't even follow tax law until it actually gets passed because yeah. who knows how. It's but one thing we know out. that you know, like like the person, the art investor you were talking to there, uh, it, it with an if he's married and he's got an exemption of twenty two million and he's worth ten million, he may not be that concerned about it. But when that exemption drops back down to eleven or twelve or wherever it ends up adjusted for inflation, and he's worth at least ten, now he's getting a little nervous. So I think what you're going to see is. Uh, you're going to see more estate tax planning uh, for people in those ranges. Because no one's been doing it for so long unless you're you know, super wealthy. Right. And, and so we'll have to see where those numbers end up to see how, how low it goes. And I think uh, the biggest gripe is not, obviously it's a hassle to do more planning and it costs money and time and resources, all that, is that what is your thoughts on you, you, you make money and you pay tax along the way as you make it. And if you invest that money, you pay tax on any earnings that you make. And then you die, and you have enough money, then you're going to pay 40% tax to the, the government. Yeah. Like, so it's got, in a way, that's what? Double taxation, in a sense, well, right? you know, <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't do anything in life or death without being taxed, I don't think. Apparently. So that, <laughs> and that would be interesting. So who came up with – obviously, it's a way to, um, to take money from the, the most um, – uh, wealthiest people in a country and then shift that money down to other people that's really the the basis behind the inheritance tax but thinking about it just logically you, you it, no matter if you, if you have one million or you have one billion you pay tax along the way to earn it right right and then you're just going to pass it along to the next generation and it's yeah. cut by 40 yeah. percent if you do not plan 
Yeah. So it's you know it's it's you know it's 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 a controversial tax. I, I think it, if I remember correct, it was first enacted in the early part of the 20th century and uh, has been existed in various ways since then. John Baker, estate planning attorney, BakerCouncil.com. Also here with a local phone number, 896-5621, 896-5621, com. In a general sense, John, all people need some basic estate planning. And what is the core documents that everyone needs? Yeah, so really, you know, the core things that, that you need are your, your your power of attorney for financial and property matters. That That's so that if you become ill or unable to manage your affairs, you've got somebody that you've ch- trust and that you've chosen to do that. Beforehand, before the Beforehand, court has to pick it for you. That's right. And then similarly, you have a health care power to appoint somebody to make health care decisions for you when you can't do that yourself. And then you have a, a will to plan, you know, for for your death. So you know, those are the those are the those are the core documents. And, uh, and too know, many people have don't have any of the three. That, that, that's right. It's it's you you know a lot of you know it's and I understand it. Uh, you know, this is not something that people want to do. Uh, it's something nobody most people don't think they're going to die, you know, tomorrow or the next day, and they they've got twenty other things on their plate, so they tend to stick this to the back. Uh, you know, it's just in in a way, it, it's human nature uh, to 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 kind of avoid planning for this. But it really is important to at least have those core documents in place. Uh, it, you know, it can really save a lot of even basic planning is better than zero planning. That yes, that that, that that's even for right. situations very complex, just the basic yeah. documents will help. Yeah, a because touch. you know, without any planning, uh, you know, maybe it maybe it works out, but maybe it doesn't. But it, but I'd say in most cases, it's more likely to work if if you've done some good basic planning versus not having done anything. John, I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. John Baker, estate planning attorney, BakerCouncil.com. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm back right after this. Would you like your business to be more efficient? Well-organized financial records are the foundation of any successful business. Taking advantage of your competition today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. They can provide you with expert bookkeeping, payroll services, tax planning, and much, much more. Go to thwcpa.com or call them at 848-1072 today. Do you have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website jasonquallscfp.com we can do just about anything on the internet today we can get medical advice buy investments we can even get a will for about fifteen dollars i know how enticing cheap and easy can sound but when you leave loved ones behind a fifteen dollar will bought online may not cut it as a certified financial planner 
I strongly recommend that you use an estate planning attorney. Call estate planning attorney John Baker today at 896-5621 or go to his website, bakercouncil.com, so you don't make a $15 decision that could cost your family thousands of dollars. Radio, the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. No books to sell. Certainly not pushing any live event tickets. Financial products, I'll leave that to the other guys. They do such a great job of it, of having a hidden agenda. We talked a little bit about this the other day. It's financial talk radio. What do you want that really starts a radio show for the most part? Now, some are hired to be entertaining, and the more they entertain, the more popular they are, and then the, 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 their employees, and they have sponsors. But anyone that's kind of doing an independent radio show, they're usually doing some type of self-promotion. Nothing wrong with that. But that self-promotion gets in the way of actually telling the truth. And it's something as convoluted and complex or can be as complex as financial planning. Financial Talk Radio may not be steering you in the right direction. Make sure you know the hosts. Consider the source. As I said the other day, if you're looking to learn more about what I do, go to jasonquallscfp.com. I am one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. Independent means I don't work for nobody, no one. I work for my clients. Most advisors work for an investment firm, an insurance company. Uh, most advisors, they sell financial products on commission or they charge high percentage fees. You don't have to do business that way. And most advisors in this area are not, in addition to being independent and fee only, they are not certified financial planners. You would not work with a lawyer or would not, someone would not be a lawyer if they had not been to law school and passed the bar exam. They would not be a physician if they had not been to medical school and passed the medical exam and been registered with the state board. Same thing goes for financial planners. I can call myself a financial, myself, how many selves do I have? I can call myself a financial planner, a financial advisor, a wealth advisor, wealth manager. All that is just a bunch of BS words. It's all about what their credentials are. What designations do they have? And there's a lot of designations. One really popular, the firm has grown huge. The main guy is a great marketer. Uh, but he's backed by someone, and some of his employees are CFPs, but he is not. And there's nothing wrong with that. He, you know, The main guy doesn't have to be a CFP. It's really who you're working with has to be. But that's the ticket there. You want to make sure they have the top credential in the business. And you're like, well, what does it matter? My guy, my girl doesn't have it, and I like them, I trust them. This is about who you like. It's not a popularity contest. I did a show some years back about why you should hate your financial advisor. It was a tongue-in-cheek saying about, you know, to be buddy-buddy with your guy or girl. Because if you're too buddy-buddy, it kind of clouds your judgment. You need to be able to objectively look at what they're doing for you. Look at, hey, should I trust this person, that person? What is their conflict of interest with me? Now, are they working more for the firm they represent? Or they really wanted me to put my money in this product because it pays them? So many advisors do a lot of sketchy stuff. Investing's not complicated. Now, getting started, I think, is the most complicated part. Once you learn, learn the basics, it's really not complicated. Advisors and financial institutions make it complicated. They want to make it complicated so they can justify their crazy, expensive fees. Was it long ago? I looked at a statement, and this wasn't a, a large account. The fee was over one percent a year, 
and it had like 25 different funds in it most of the funds no one had ever heard of and it was all in my view it was all to make sure the client was so confused they could be like look at all this crap they must be doing a great job for me to justify paying them one and a half percent because they put all this crap in here that no one understands i feel it's on purpose you scale everything back just to the basics you know, there's two types of mutual funds. There's funds that try to beat the market, try to beat the market average in their particular category. And there are funds that try to follow along with an index of their particular category. The funds that are trying to beat the market in their particular area of investing or category typically do not do so because of their cost. Therefore, passive investing, index fund investing is typically the strategy to take it all comes back down to cost the more you pay your financial advisor the more you pay for your investments the less likely you're going to get the returns that you should and that is as plain as i can say it so let that sink in if you pay your advisor too much if you pay too much to own your investments either on the front end or annually and you are paying costs there whether you think you are or not it all takes away from your return and it compounds over time and you have less and less and less less than you should in retirement less than you should for your kids college and i don't want that to happen and that's the purpose of doing this segment today on financial coaching radio make sure you know who you're working with you know what type of advisor that you have and if you like them fine you trust them fine what's wrong if they're doing such a great job what's wrong with getting a second opinion any advisor who's credible is going to say hey this person's doing a great job no, no need to change a thing, but get that second opinion from an independent fee-only certified financial planner. Go to jasonqualscfp.com for more. Find out what I do, how I do it, why I do it. jasonqualscfp.com. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Hang in there. One more break to come, and I'm back after this. Did you know that the U.S. tax code has over 70,000 pages? This is precisely why you must have a tax expert on your team. The folks at THW CPAs have been providing their expertise to individuals and businesses in Middle Tennessee for over 50 years. And now they have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Call Kevin Sizemore today with THW CPAs at 848-1072. That's 848-1072 or online at THWCPA.com. How much are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. Why is this extremely important? Because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website, jasonquallscfp.com. is the place you want to jump in click the email show comments disagreements thoughts whatever you want to weigh in on click the email show financialcoachingradio.com you can listen online anytime same website click archives you can find Spotify iTunes and also the traditional list of the podcast shows are there 
listen anytime, anywhere. We cover topics on this show no one's going to touch because you know we don't do basic stuff. You know we don't believe in kind of targeting in, honing in on real life financial planning issues that affect us right here in Rutherford County, and we don't want to market to the masses because then we're not the masses. Now get a budget, get out of debt. Everyone should know that. You should know that when you first get your first paycheck. Uh, I know people get behind. You make mistakes. There's nothing wrong with making mistakes. We've all made them. But financial planning and investing is more than going out and getting you some good growth stock mutual funds. I wish it were that easy. I truly do. I wish it were I could put everything in a book and say this is everything you need to know about financial planning. But it's just not that way because your personal your personal situation is different than mine and everyone else's. And therefore, your financial plan, your investment plan needs to be unique as well. Go to jasonqualscfp.com. All right, I'm out of here for today. I appreciate you listening today and every day. Back at you next time. Keep it locked in right here on WGNS. More local talk. 